102, this time we'll stand, page 258, and we do thank Ulber for leading the opening praise, you're singing well tonight, let's sing this one, in tenderness he sought me, weary and sick with sin, and on his shoulders brought me back to his fold again, 202, and we'll stand as we sing it.
Let's just unite our heart together in a word of prayer and seeking his blessing and the Lord's presence tonight. Let's all pray. Our gracious, eternal, loving, heavenly Father, we thank the Lord for another opportunity in which we can sing our praise unto thee, our God. Lord, we bless thee with a good singing. Um, we thank the Lord for the truth of the hymns of being uh, sung tonight. And Lord, for the love that sought us and for the blood that bought us and for the grace that brought us to the fold. Wondrous grace that brought us to the fold. Thank the Lord for each one that can sing that as a hymn of testimony. And Lord, that I just so love the world that I give Thine only begotten Son, God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we thank the Lord for the person of the Lord Jesus. We thank the Lord he became our substitute. He who knew no sin yet became sin for us. We might be made the righteousness of God in him. And there on that cross he was to endure the sufferings and the penalty that we deserved. And he bore our sin in his own body on that tree. And we thank the Lord that that once for all sacrifice was acceptable in the Father's sight. Thank the Lord he cried, finished, bowed his head and gave up the ghost. The third day he rose again. And tonight, Lord, we have one who has ascended, one who is King of kings, Lord of lords, one who is seated at the Father's right hand, ever living to make intercession for his people. And oh, we covet thy presence tonight. We pray, Lord, that I would stand in our midst in all thy risen power. We pray, Lord, that each soul would hear the rustle of thy garments in the very house of God tonight. And Lord, that I would speak that, vo- that word This is a way. Walk ye in it. Lord, we pray thou would encourage the hearts of thy children. Speak to those yet unsaved. Those yet on the broad road with their face toward hell. Oh God, we pray thou would give them, Lord, that gift of faith tonight. They might reach out and embrace Christ as Lord and as their Savior. Lord, will you open up blinded eyes Will you unstop the deaf and the ears? Lord, we know the ears are open to many a thing throughout the week. And the eyes are open to many a thing in this old world. But oh, we pray tonight for the eye salve of God to be poured in that they might see Christ. That the ears will be unstopped, unblocked, that they might hear that effectual call of God in salvation. That this very first of October... 2023 will be the night of their conversion. And Lord, that I will pass from death unto life. They'll be brought from the devil's kingdom into the fold of God. And Lord, they'll be able to sing this hymn on the way home. Oh God, do it for Jesus' sake. Bless tonight, we pray. Bless, Lord, up and down our province where the whole counsel of, of God is preached, where the gospel is freely offered. And we pray, Lord, tonight that I might move by thy Spirit. Lord, we know it's not by might nor by power, but it's with my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. God, will you come and do thine own work even this night? 
We pray, Lord, that I would add unto thy church such as should be saved. Lord, I would say, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Lord, we can see the devil is busy. We can see, Lord, the devil's pushing back even against the work of God in these days. But, Lord, we pray against him in Jesus' name. And we pray, Lord, that I would give the victory tonight. And, Lord, there would be many that would rejoice over sins forgiven. Thank you, Lord, for thy goodness toward us already today. We pray, Lord, that the best may yet to be. We pray, Lord, that I would undertake for this week in the meetings that are planned. And, Lord, that thy presence will be known. We ask, O oh God, even as we go forward from this 40th anniversary, that new ground will be taken for God. And Lord, that thou would find us as a congregation whom thou canst bless and thou canst use as instruments in the mighty hand of God to the pulling down of the strongholds of Satan. Lord, do it in Market Hill. O oh God, step in, we pray, that it might be noised up and down the streets of what God is doing. Oh, Father, answer prayer. Remember the work among the boys and girls. Bring in the children, Lord, we ask. Bless little meeting tomorrow night as it commences again in the town. Lord, undertake there. Courage the workers. Lord, we pray for little ones to be saved. One for Christ. Those that are, we ask, Lord, we ask continually that we might see the signs of God's grace in their life. That they would love the house of God. That they would love the worship of God. That they would love to sing even the hymns. And oh Lord, that they might grow in grace and the knowledge of the Savior. Bless our young people as well. Remember those, especially in university. Help them, Lord. Give them good company. Pray, Lord, in these godless places. That then there might be those bright lights. Those, uh, Lord, lights set on the hill. And that, Lord, that they might shine forth for the Savior. Oh God, answer prayer. Remembering our people need thy touch, brother Charlie, tonight again. Bless him. Help him, O oh God. Remember our sister Chrissy over in England? Draw near to her. Pray, Lord, that I would mend the bones and I would, O oh God, perfect that which concerns her. And there's others, Lord, that need thy touch. Draw near to them, each and every one tonight. Now, Lord, hear our cry. Abide with us. Lord, we pray the tide of blessing might rise. For we ask these things, give any thanks, in our Saviour's name. Amen. Acts chapter 9. Book of Acts, please, in the chapter 9. Uh, we just want to break into the words of verse 17 here. <clears throat> Finds us in Damascus. We even know the street. This is called Street. And there we have, we meet one by the name of Ananias. He's come to meet with Saul. Verse 17, Acts chapter 9. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, put in his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. And he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. 
Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, and he is the Son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, Is not this he that destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem, and came hither for that intent, that he might bring them bound unto the chief priests? But Saul increased the more in strength, confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. And after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. But their laying await was known of Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night, let him down by the wall in a basket. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples. But they were all afraid of him, and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him, brought him to the apostles, and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way, and that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out of Jerusalem. And he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus, and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him. Which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and were edified, and walking in the fear of the Lord, and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, were multiplied. And it came to pass, as Peter passed throughout all quarters, he came down also to the saints which dwelt at Lydda. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise and make thy bed. And he arose immediately. And all that dwelt at Lydda and Saron saw him and turned to the Lord. Amen. Just ending uh, the words of verse 35. We know the Lord himself will add his own divine blessing on the reading of his precious and fallible word. I do welcome you in the Lord's great name tonight. It's good to see each one again in the house of God. Um, we do pray that the Lord might richly bless uh, each and every soul. Um, we welcome you again this evening. Do remember, please, for the forthcoming week's announcements, Thursday night, 7 o'clock, the Boys and Girls Meeting. And the children's meeting continues on 7 o'clock, prayer meeting, 8.30, Thursday evening as well. And we encourage you to come out to the place of prayer. And uh, let's continue that upward trend of seeing the, the, the uh, folks and the chairs filled again. We have dipped there a little bit. It's not a good trend. We want to go the other way. And it's good to see a goodly number back out on Thursday night past. And so let me encourage you to come out. Uh, this Thursday night, 8 o'clock Friday night, Youth Fellowship Meeting. And uh, remember that, young people, uh, you're meeting here in the complex. Then we come around to our Harvest Weekend meetings. And the church will be open on Saturday morning for uh, those bits and pieces that are brought in to, uh, for the Harvest Decor. Um, we do appreciate the work of the ladies in doing that. Uh, so do remember, please, the meetings as they come around. Uh, next Lord's Day... Sabbath school, 10.30, adult Bible class as usual. And then we have our meetings, half 11 and 7. Reverend Ryan McKee will be here in the morning. And also then the Reverend Salt at night. 
and uh, Stephen will be singing uh, in the evening time. Monday night, Reverend McVeigh uh, from Dunmurray, and he will be uh, ministering the word, and our sister Joanna will be singing. Uh, so do please pray for those meetings, encourage others out. Uh, it's always good to see a good turnout for the harvest weekend, and there will be a harvest uh, supper on Monday night, every uh, time a fellowship. I certainly enjoyed last Friday night's time for those who were able to be out. And I think everyone was uh, satisfied and had their fill. If you didn't, it's your own fault. Uh, you should have reached for more. Uh, but it certainly it was good. And again, we, we time a fellowship uh, and harvest Monday evening. Maybe we could say to the ladies in Group A, if you can wait behind afterwards. It uh, would be a big help then uh, just to get things prepared for that. Uh, wait after tonight, after the meeting this evening, please. Do remember, please, the harvest offering. Uh, trying to set a total, uh, target there of 5,000 or more. Uh, and that would be an immense help uh, for us again this year. And uh, we have every encouragement and every confidence in you uh, that the monies will come in. So do make it a matter of prayer. The Lord has blessed you this year. Then uh, give again as uh, he is blessed indeed. Sam Houston CD there, the latest one out. Do avail yourself of it. And you can see our brother Wilbur throughout the week uh, some time to pay for it. Uh, the magazines are available as well. If you haven't got them, uh, then do take them. I think that's all by way of our notices tonight. And uh, do please remember those uh, particular meetings. 197. We'll uh, remain seated with the first part at least. Tell me the old, old story of unseen things above of Jesus and his glory of Jesus and his love. You'll find it on page 256 and remaining seated while we sing the first part of at least 197.
Let's stand and sing the last verse, please. Let me turn you back to Acts chapter 9. Paralyzed man made whole is what we've entitled the message this evening. Really looking at verse 32 and a couple of verses that follow. Let's just unite our heart together in a word of prayer as we come to the preaching. Our God and our Father, we thank thee for the old, old story of Jesus and his love. We praise the Lord for the first time we ever heard it, for the many times we've heard it, and oh God, especially for that time where the Spirit of God applied it to our heart. Praying that, Lord, that I would do the same again tonight to some soul. This might be the birthplace of another soul born again. Oh God, bless as we turn to this passage. Give us understanding. Give us the spiritual eyesight that we need. Help us, Lord, to have the right spectacles on. And we pray, Lord, that we might learn even from these words. Now would, Lord, be pleased to fill me with thy spirit and with power. Give us words that must and shall prevail. Lord, give us those prevailing words. We pray thy word would run tonight and be glorified. In every heart. For we ask these things in our Savior's precious name. Amen. This chapter is pivotal in the history of the Christian church. I know that is a big statement. But it is very true. The conversion of Saul of Tarsus makes that to be so. Stopped on the road to Damascus on his way to causing more havoc to the church of Jesus Christ, to the believers in that city, he was converted. And it could be said that many will remember the name of Paul, but they forget those who helped them on the road to Christ. You might consider the witness of Stephen, that first Christian martyr, that had an impact on Saul because we read that they left the coats at his feet that day as they stoned him to death. You can also think of Ananias that we read briefly about tonight, and he was an encouragement to Saul as he baptized him. And so did Barnabas. 
He went to the church of Jerusalem and they were afraid of him. They knew all about his actions and his deeds and they were afraid to take him in. But Barnabas was the bridge. And he was a great encouragement to Saul. But men and women, don't forget those disciples at Damascus who saved his life when it was under threat. You look at the words of verse 25. Then the disciples took him by night and let him down by the wall in a basket. We don't know who those brave men were that lowered him down that wall that evening. But they that held the ropes did an important task. Not all of God's people have a prominent place or will have a prominent place in the work of God. Not all will be preachers. But there's need for those who do the menial task. The task behind the scenes. The holding on to the ropes. But because this chapter details Paul's conversion from a persecutor to now one called to be a preacher of the everlasting gospel, you know it means something. It means that the apostle Peter, he fades more and more into the background. But not before we come across a few verses that give us an insight into his ministry at this time. He already had strayed from the city of Jerusalem to the west some 35 miles or so to a little place called Lydda. It's believed to be the present day site of Ben-Gurion Airport in Tel Aviv. We can understand from these words he was traveling through parts of Judea, through places in Samaria where the gospel already had reached, where churches already had been established. For you see when we read, he comes to Lydda. There were saints there already. It may have been, I put it to you, that they had heard the gospel through the preaching of Philip the Evangelist. As he made his way to Caesarea, you look at the words of chapter 8 and verse 40. It says, But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. But as Peter passed through all those quarters, he invariably was to be presented with opportunities to minister unto others. And it is to one man in particular that Peter finds that I want to draw our attention to tonight in these short few verses. One who is paralyzed, but one who is made whole. And I've directed your attention even to the words of verse 32 and following. Look at verse 33. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. There's the first point, a paralyzed man. The man who is mentioned in those uh, foregoing verses was one called Aeneas. The meaning of such, uh, commentators are not quite sure about because they don't know if it is of a Greek origin or whether it is of a Hebrew origin. But this man, we do know, was a man that was really sick. We're told that he was a man who had paralysis. He's a man sick of the palsy. And those words in themselves, they give the reader enough to go on as to what his condition was. This man's sickness was no imaginary illness, for he could not move. If there was any movement at all in his limbs, then it would have been only minimal. He was bereaved of all strength. He had a similar condition to the man that we read about in Mark's Gospel. The man sick of a palsy. You remember how he was carried by four friends? 
And those four friends knew that Jesus was in the house and they brought that man and they couldn't get in through the door and so they uncovered the roof tiles and they lowered him right down to the Savior's feet. And that day, the man, sick of a palsy, was to know the touch of the Master. Such a condition as paralysis would have been thought to be incurable. No doubt, perhaps both he and his friends doubted whether he'd be able to be restored to health and to strength again. But you know, here was one of a similar ilk. I just don't want you to pass over it as, as some uh, ailment that would have been uh, there for a day or two and then passed away. No, because we're given the added detail about this man sick of a palsy. Eh? We're told that he was a paralysis for eight years. We've read that in the words of verse 32. He kept his bed for eight years. He had known this sickness for a prolonged length of time. Watched by his friends, all that they could see was a man who was gravely confined to his bed and probably wasting away before their very eyes. The hardness of that bed would have pressed sore into his very soul. As he lay there from year to year, his bed was as morning, it was as evening, it was as seasons. I'm sure if you've ever had a time of sickness and you're uh, located on the bed for any length of time, you're longing to get out of that bed. You're longing to be up again and to be uh, well. You're longing that you might get outside. And here's a man and he's laid low for eight long years. Just think of him and all that he lay before him was endless days in this bed of sickness. Who could help such a paralyzed man? I'll tell you something, he couldn't help himself. And there was no physician who had the skill to do anything for him either. We ought not to be surprised that we're given such close attention to detail where this man's illness is concerned. You know why? Because the man who wrote the Acts of the Apostles is Dr. Luke. He knew all about these ailments. He came across them. And that's why you're given this detail. Under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Here was a pitiful man in a helpless situation with no glorious prospect to look forward to. But what I don't want you to miss is this. That this man Aeneas is a picture spiritually of every one of us born into this world. It may be everyone tonight is in the house of God and you're in reasonably good health and you have a strong physical constitution, but there are those tonight and you have an illness and you have a paralysis where the things of God are concerned. I wonder, has the Spirit of God showed you that you can do nothing of yourself about that spiritual illness? Through the truth of God's word has God's spirit showed you your helpless state and condition because of your sin, that disease, that plague which is within you by nature and by birth and by practice has rendered you unable to walk as God would have you to walk. You know the cry is heard through his servant Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 6 and the words of verse 16 sums it up. Let me read it to you. It simply says this. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. 
You can't walk as the way God would have you to walk tonight. Why? Because you have a paralysis. Because of your disease called sin. There's something else. It is meant that you cannot speak as you ought to. It has rendered you powerless and you're altogether ruined and paralyzed. Romans chapter 3 brings it out to us in the words of verse 12 and following. They're all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. Listen to me. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. You can't speak in the manner in which God would have you to speak, because you have a paralysis spiritually. And what you, dear loved one, need to understand is that there's no room for a great cure unless there's a great sickness. For the Lord did not come into this world to save sham sinners. He came to save real sinners. For he says in Mark 2 and verse 17, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He left heaven's glory so that he, the great physician, would seek and find those who are diseased with sin or in deep anguish and despair, and he has come to give real healing. Tell me tonight, are you in need of real healing? Real healing. I want you to notice that although this little place was relatively unknown, although there are other believers already there, yet this man Aeneas was to be found by the servant of the Lord. You see, we read it was there, that he found, he found a certain man. Verse 33, he's called Aeneas. Maybe the same is true of some who I preach into this evening. Others around you are saved. I'll be the one next sitting beside you. God has his people here. But yet you are the one whom God is looking for. For you are the one who is sick with sin. And it is probable, it's very possible, that this sickness that you have has not merely been for eight years. It could be for 18, 28, 38, 48, and so I could go on a number of years. You've been under this bondage, but bless his name, the sins of many years are able to be atoned for just the same as the sins of a few years. Thank God the Lord saves the boys and girls, but he can also save the adult. I have good news tonight for one who is sick in sin. There's a cure. There's a balm in Gilead. There's a great physician who can heal you from this disease of what humanly speaking is incurable. And that glad and that good news is offered to you through the gospel of saving grace. That's the good news. I wonder, will you taste and see that the Lord is good? Will you partake 
of the cure for your soul tonight. You see, there is the paralyzed man, but I want you to notice the powerful message. What were the words which Peter said unto him? These words, just a few, can only be described as a powerful message. Verse 34, in Aeneas, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. You can see the direction that Peter was to point this man. He speaks of that name which is above every name. He directs this man who was sick of a palsy to Jesus Christ. You'll notice that he makes no mention of himself. This man does not look for healing in Peter, nor does he believe that he would find it in Peter. Peter does not say, I'm the head of the church and I've been delegated to come here so as to see you lifted from your sick bed and made whole. I say again, he makes no mention at all of himself, but he's found to be merely bringing a pure, unadulterated, word of the gospel listen to me and the purest gospel has the least of man in it the purest gospel has the least of man in it if a person is ever to be saved and healed from their sin then it will not be through any establishment it will not be through any clergy but it is only to be found in the Lord Jesus Christ For it is he who is the anointed of the Father to come to this earth as the only Savior of a lost and dying mankind. It was the Eternal One who laid aside his most glorious and divine array so that he would come down to the sin-cursed scene of time and in obedience to the Father's will he would lay down his life in our guilty room instead of a sinful people on that cross. It was Christ who stepped into our place where he would bear away the punishment for sin so that we might be healed through his wounds and have eternal life. And it is this same Jesus of whom this man Aeneas was to be told about. Surely we can also see that this message was one of faith. You will note even from those words in verse 34, Peter does not make it a prayer that he might be made whole. But led of the Spirit of God, it was a promise of faith. He believed that the Lord was going to make him whole. And I believe not only was there faith in Peter's part, but there was a faith also in the part of Aeneas. And you see, it is evident that this man had heard something about the Lord already. For when Peter mentions his name, he doesn't inquire of who this Jesus is. He could not have believed unless he had understood something of whom he had spoke about. You see, we remember Romans chapter 10 and verse 14. How then shall they call on him of whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe of him of whom they have not heard? And here's Peter standing before this man. And he says, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. What a powerful message. Here's a man who had at least some recollection of who this Jesus was. It's very probable that he had heard of his death, of his resurrection, of his burial. For there was the message that was spreading abroad right from Jerusalem outwards through Judea and through Samaria. He may have heard of his wondrous miracles and the people that he raised from the dead. And so Aeneas believed that if Christ could heal and raise people from the dead when he walked upon the scene of time, then he still could manifest that power. Aeneas wanted to be made whole and he was ready to trust. He was ready to believe 
what Peter was saying to him about the Lord Jesus. Are you ready? What did he believe? It may be thought upon as just the faith of a child. You know that that's the faith that the Savior looks for in a repentant, repentant sinner. He believed that Jesus could heal him. Aeneas. Him. And you sat under the preaching of the powerful message of saving grace. And God be my witness tonight. I have endeavored like Peter has directed you to none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. I haven't pointed you to a set of rules. I haven't pointed you to a denomination. I haven't pointed you to this clergyman. I've pointed you to Christ. For in him alone, alone, is salvation to be found. I wonder, do you simply believe that the Lord Jesus Christ can save you? Not thinking about anyone else. Just you. You tonight. Aeneas believed that Jesus Christ could heal him. There and then. Just as he was without any prior preparation known to him. No advertisement that there's a great healing taking place in the village that day. No, he believed that the Lord would heal him there and then immediately. And you think of who the Lord Jesus is. What he has done for so many. Tell, tell me, is it, is it so difficult to believe that he can do the same for you tonight? You believe that the Lord Jesus can save you, that he can save you here and now. Immediately. And in an instant of time, you could know the Lord taking away all your sin and for them never to be seen again, nor ever to be led to your account ever again. Or understand that one day you'll have to give an account. It'll not be the sin of the boy down the road that professes Christ. It'll not be the sin of your partner in life or your loved ones and your family. It'll be your sin for your account. But Christ can wipe that account clean. You remember that time when the children of Israel were to cross the Red Sea. And there was a great fear. Great fear because the Egyptian armies were seen to be pursuing them. When they got to the other side, yes, there was alarm. But you know, there was a breaking out into song. Sing unto the Lord, for he had gloriously triumphed, was one of the lines in that hymn and that song of Moses. But you know, a further line is found further down where they sung and Exodus chapter 15, verse 5. Listen to this. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Dear sinner friend, if you will only believe in the Lord Jesus Christ to the salvation of your soul, then that great army of your sin, that you should be fearful, you'll have to give an account before God one day about 
It will sink beneath the sea of his redeeming blood, never to be seen, never to be remembered again. And your song will likewise be, the depths have covered them. They sank into the sea of God's forgetfulness. Having been directed to Christ, having believing, believed that the Lord could heal him, then there was his duty. For uh, Peter says to him, It is Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise and make thy bed. Maybe those words are a conscious imitation to what Christ himself had said to that man sick of a palsy in Mark chapter 2. Aeneas put his faith into action. He that was on that bed for eight years, he was to rise from off it. He was to be healed. There's just a little thought there, you know. Eight in the scriptures. It's the number of the resurrection. Christ Jesus was raised again on the eighth day, seven days a week. The first week, first day of the week came around again, that's number eight. It's the number of the new start, new beginning. Noah, the eighth person, was the one who stepped forth from the ark to a new beginning into that new world and here's a man who had known eight years of paralysis but now he knows a new beginning you can know the power of the gospel tonight and lift you up from the deadness of your sin onto resurrection ground you can have this new life in Christ by, by, by being born again from above if you will but embrace the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved Will you come forth tonight? You see, I want you to notice just in closing minutes a profound miracle here. A powerful message, yes, but a profound miracle. If you study the manner in which the Savior was to heal people, you'll also realize that the apostles were to heal in exactly the same way. All the things, these things are not to be seen in, in so-called modern-day healings. And the Lord performed a miracle of healing. He did so with a word or with a touch. There's no theatrics. There's no gimmicks like today. His healing was instant. His healing was complete. He healed everyone. There were not countless numbers who were disappointed. Who he healed were people with problems which could be seen, not something that was invisible and therefore dubious, like as it is with the cases in so many modern-day healing services of today. And these same things are also true of the apostles. And the man before us is proof in hand. And Peter had spoken the word to this man who had an obvious illness. He was to know instant and complete healing. For it says, don't miss it. Verse 34, and he arose immediately. He arose immediately. And what is true in the physical sense 
It's also true when it comes to the soul. The Lord is able to heal your soul. He's able to forgive your sin. He's able to work this miracle of regeneration in a moment of time. What dishonor would have been brought upon the gospel, upon the name of the Lord of this man, after hearing what Peter said, wasn't he? But it is with the same assurance and faith that I say to you this evening, Jesus Christ is able to make thee whole. There's not one who has sought the Lord for salvation and been disappointed. He said, come on to me, all yet labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You come to him tonight and be saved, for he has said, him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. His honor is engaged to save the meanest of his sheep. All that his heavenly Father gave, his hands securely keep. Being healed instantly, he bore testimony before all the sea. You know, the people could see him and they could see the difference. A profound miracle had taken place. And dear friend, if the Lord was to save your soul tonight, there will be that noticeable difference. All things are passed away. All things become new. We become a new creature in Christ. The old desires will have gone. The filthy tongue will be washed along with a filthy and careless heart. And you'll want to tell others of what the Lord has done. Do you notice what happened in the region? Verse 35, And all that dwelt at Lydda and Sauron saw him and turned to the Lord. When they saw him, they turned to the Lord. In other words, they were converted too. For that's what conversion is, is turning. That's what repentance is. His life bore testimony that it was the cause for other conversions. His own healing was a sermon in itself to others who looked on. And they too embraced the gospel. They too looked away by faith and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and professed faith in Him. I wonder tonight will you seek the Lord to perform a similar miracle in your life tonight? You see, man or woman, young person, I bring you exactly the same message. Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Now will you arise? Will you come forth by this, take the step of faith and take him as your Savior? May God help you. May you settle the old account just tonight. Right now, we press into the Savior. May the Lord bless his word for his own name's sake. Let's sing in closing number 245. 245. There's a life for a look at the crucified one. There's a life at this moment for thee. Then look, sinner, look unto him and be saved. Unto him who was nailed on the tree. Let's sing the first four verses, please. First four verses, 245. You'll find it on page 275.
God and our Father, we thank Thee for Thy Word again. We thank Thee for the simplicity of the Gospel. We praise the Lord for this picture even from this man, Aeneas. And Lord, we thank Thee that he heard the message, Jesus Christ, make thee whole. Thank the Lord, he arose immediately from off the bed. Lord, we praise Thee tonight. There's life for a look at the crucified one. There's life at this very moment for the sinner. O oh God, give that grace, Lord, that some soul will take that step of faith. Lord, they know that they couldn't be better read than the righteousness of Christ. There's no one else that can deal with their sin. It's Christ alone. And we pray, Lord, that I might speak on even when the preacher's voice is silent. And I would bring souls even safely on to thee. Oh God, do it tonight for Jesus' sake. Part us with thy blessing. May thy presence go with us along the way, beyond us all that we would need. We pray in our Savior's precious name. Amen.